Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. It's time once again for our weekly visit from Timothy P. Brown from FootballArchaeology.com. And today, Tim brings us a special story from over 100 years ago of some gentlemen that played football for the Kentucky School of the Blind. And yes, they were sight impaired, and they had a great time. And Tim tells us their story in just a moment. This is the Pigskin Daily History Dispatch, a podcast that covers the anniversaries of American football events throughout history on a day-to-day basis. Your host, Darren Hayes, is podcasting from America's North Shore to bring you the memories of the gridiron one day at a time. So as we come out of the tunnel of the Sports History Network, let's take the field and go no huddle through the portal of positive gridiron history with pigskindispatch.com. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello, my football friends. This is Darren Hayes of pigskindispatch.com. Welcome once again to the Pig Pen, your portal to positive football history. And we are going to portal back in time to football archaeology and Timothy P. Brown because it's Tuesday. And Tim's going to talk about a very interesting and unique school that played football so many years ago. Uh, Tim, welcome back to the Pig Pen. Hey, Darren. Thank you once again. Glad to be here. And uh, like we have a pretty cool story to talk about today. Yeah, this one I had never heard before until I read your tidbit back on uh, November 20th. And your title of that tidbit was is really an eye catcher. Football at the Kentucky School for the Blind. And I I, I said, okay, he's got to have some kind of a angle on this. It <laughs> literally mean, you know, this is a school for the blind. But uh, I guess it was. So I'll let you explain it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, so the, just the first thing I can even think about when uh because this actually did involve young men playing football who were blind i mean i just think it's just a story of courage you know it's just but it's also just it's such a cool cool thing that these kids just wanted to play you know and so they found a way you know they found a way to play and um and you know then obviously they had opponents and all of their opponents were sighted teams. And so um, anyways, it's just, you know, kind of a cool thing. And so it's just, um, you know, I, it's one of those, I mean, I, I remember, you know, as a kid, um, you know, I started playing football and I guess, you know, organized like sixth grade, you know, we had a grade school team and then high school and da, da, da. And so, um, you know, and there's, there were times, you know, if you're going, you know, I was a late developer. And so, you know, there's times when you're, you know, you're kind of intimidated, you're scared, you know, in playing, you know, or you're just, you know, you just happen to be positioned against some 4,000 pound mammoth, you know? And so, so it just takes guts to play the game. Right. And absolutely. But these, these kids were out there playing and they couldn't even see their opponents, you know? And so it's just, uh, um, I, I just think it's, you know, it's remarkable that that they were still willing to get out there and play, you know. Um, and so, you know, 
I, I guess the other thing for me is I think about it, um, you know, tend to think about uh, like accommodations for people with, you know, various types of, of you know, disabilities or limitations of, of whatever sort. Um, but they, you know, it just, this story tells you that there were accommodations made back then too. So, and, you know, these may, may have, I, I think I, in some of the newspaper articles, it's clear that, you know, they did things like, um, you know, the, the team, the opponent had to run between the tackles or between the ends right? if, when they were on offense. Tim, if you don't mind, I don't, I'm not sure if we mentioned to the listener what time frame we're talking. We're talking oh. 1904 to 1912. So you know, this yeah, is 130, yeah. 120 years ago. So this is, uh, you know, so real, really fascinating that, you know, it'd be remarkable in today's age, but this is really incredible for the game that they were playing back then too. Yeah. Yeah. I apologize for not mentioning that. Uh, I, no I kind of had the, the picture of the players in my, in my mind, but you know, if you're just listening to the podcast, you don't see those pictures, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, these kids are, um, so like, you know, what they had, the, uh, the opposing team had to run between the tackles. Um, they were, uh, they, if they were going to run the ball, then they, you know, made out a certain call. I think they just said hike, but if they were going to punt the ball, then they yelled punt. And, um, so that the, you know, the kids on defense would know, you know, what was going on, but, um, you know, and so it's kind of like, okay, well, how did these kids play? And the report suggests they kind of had a certain sense, right. That, you know, just as like, you know, defensive linemen, for instance, you know, are taught to react to the pressure coming from the right or to the left. You know, kind of you, you resist the pressure whatever uh, direction it's coming from. And I'm sure they, you know, had developed a lot of that sense uh, themselves probably even before they, you know, started playing football. But so that was one of the things, you know, that they, they were able to just, um, you know, sense pressure. The other, I think, is as long as the ball had to be run between the tackles or between the ends, you know, when these guys were on defense, then it's kind of more like, you know, it's a little bit more like wrestling. You know, so like, you know, I, I wrestled when I was younger. And so I, you know, I can see that being, um, you know, it's easier to think of a, a blind wrestler being successful, right? Mm -hmm. Just because it's a, it's a, you know, sport of close quarters and very technique oriented, you know, and you're physically grabbing one another, you know, all the time. And so that makes sense to, to me, but football still just seems like crazy. You know, it's like, how do you, you don't even know if somebody's coming at you until they come at you. Right. right. And just tackling the ball player you or the ball carrier, you know, you, um, you know, it's kind of like they must've just like grabbed anybody that was coming. Right. Uh, and yet they apparently were able, I mean, they won a bunch of, they won like half their games. It might be so. friendly fire. It might be your, uh, your teammate yeah. going down field. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. yeah, that's right. You know, you, you have a, a, a really interesting photo on uh, footballarchaeology.com on this. Um, and one of the challenges, and I, and I, you've got me, so I'm looking at these photos a lot closer and trying to pick up things. And one thing I looked at is it had to be like challenge number one is they're lining up. There's sort of a, a line uh, on the field where uh -huh. these guys are lined up and there's the, the far left end has his hands beyond the line. The ball's probably, I 
a, or a quarter of a yard shy of the line and the, the right end's probably almost two yards deep off the line. So they're, they're sort yeah. of cattywampus to, to the line. So probably staying on side and I'm, I'm sure maybe, you know, I, I'm, I always look at it from a, an officiating lens for something and but trying to get these guys to line up so that they're legal, <laughs> legal formation. Yeah. yeah. They must have had some uh, challenges there. I'm sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I noticed that in that image too. I just, I was like, ah, I'm not going to write anything about that. I'll leave that one alone. Just let everybody pick that, pick up on that themselves. But, you know, so I think this is um, some of the accommodations I think was probably like when you were a kid and you were on the playground at the park, half the time there'd be one team had six guys and the other guy, other team had five or some, one team had the best kid and, everybody else stunk or, you know, whatever. So that's why you have the all-time quarterback, Tim. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that evens but, out the sides. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but then there were, um, but these, uh, so I just have to imagine there were things like where, like when you were a kid, you negotiated that stuff with the other kids because you wanted it to be fair and competitive. Otherwise it wasn't fun to play. Right. So, you know, they probably had something where there was a process where these guys got lined up correctly, you know, so they're on side. And, uh, you know, then they went from there. But uh, still just, you know, yeah, I think it's just kind of an incredible uh, story for these kids. And I think we mentioned it briefly on another uh, previous podcast, but the Kentucky School for the Blind c- completed at least one forward pass in one of their games, <laughs> and you know, which is just like, nuts to think about that that's amazing now you one part of this tidbit you uh uh, explain how they would kick extra points and maybe if you could talk about that a little bit because i thought that was really interesting yeah so what they did was they had um so back then extra points were a free kick right so um so what and that meant there was no snap no nothing it was just you know like so so well, the one a, guy, a, a, what we call a kickoff today, is a free kick. Yes, start each yeah. half and after a score, that, that's a free kick. Just a yeah, or like you know, somebody. It's still part of the game. If you catch a, if you fair catch a punt, you have the legal right to kick the ball from there to try to get a field goal. Correct. And so, uh, so back then, the 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 team that just scored, um assuming they had scored near the middle of the field or near the goalpost, they could basically just walk it straight out as far back as they wanted to. And then they then kick it from there. So then once they would get the kicker and the holder lined up, then the, um, there was one of the teammates would stand between the goalposts and, and then, you know, behind them and he would uh, yell towards the kicker and then, two other teammates with sticks would hit the goalposts and that the combination of those noises would allow the, the kicker to kind of center where he's trying to kick the ball. And apparently they made about half their field goals too. So, or extra points. Hmm. So, you know, I mean, it's just, again, I mean, it sighted people didn't do that well uh, with, with, uh, you know, kicking accuracy back then. So, so it's actually, you know, Pretty darn amazing what they yeah, did. That definitely is. I, I thought that was that was great. It was a great story. And especially like you said, the, the the part where they completed a forward pass. I mean that that had to be 
so well timed. I mean, we talk about timing between a quarterback and a receiver now. I mean, you you would have to put it right where a guy's expecting it, or and at the right yeah. time, or you know, it, it had to be like a basket catch. You know, you gotta gotta believe, right? Yeah, so. that's, uh, that's that's great stuff. This is, is that's what makes these tidbits uh, so interesting because they're just such off the wall topics sometimes that uh, <laughs> you know you you grab from an old newspaper or book or the postcards or whatever and uh, really makes for some interesting reading and and makes you scratch your head sometimes and sit there in amazement like this one is because these uh, these guys really did some amazing things so really yeah. appreciate you, you chatting about that and uh, and sharing this with us so yeah, no uh, good good story. Yeah, definitely is. And and Tim, uh, maybe uh, if you could share with the listeners where they too can uh, pick up on some of the tidbits that you have uh, each and every day, that'd be a great thing. Yeah. So uh, footballarchaeology.com is my website. I post a new story or what I call a tidbit every day at seven o'clock Eastern. Periodically, I post other you know longer form stories as well. I also post it on, on uh, Facebook or not Facebook, but uh, Twitter. And so, you know, just a reminder, if you're, um, if you go find the site, you know, you can, you know, now there's, I don't know, 400 some different articles sitting out there. So, um, you know, just use a little magnifying glass to search, uh, search whatever topic you want and see what's out there and um, have at it. And if you like it, then sign up, subscribe, and, and uh, you get the email every night at seven o'clock. Great stuff and uh, really makes your football brain work each and every night and uh, really enjoyable. So, uh, Tim uh, Brown, thank you very much. Uh, Footballarchaeology.com is the site, and uh, we'll talk to you again next Tuesday. Okay, very good. Thank you, sir. That's all the football history we have today, folks. Join us back tomorrow for more of your football history. We invite you to check out our website, pigskindispatch.com, not only to see the daily football history, but to experience positive football with our many articles on the good people of the game, as well as our own football comic strip, Cleat Marks Comics. Pigskindispatch.com is also on social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and don't forget the Pigskin Dispatch YouTube channel to get all of your positive football news and history. Special thanks to the talents of Mike and Gene Monroe, as well as Jason Neff for letting us use their music during our podcast. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, football fans. This is Ross, the host of the Pigskin Tales podcast. I just need a few moments of your time to talk about the host of the Pigskin Dispatch podcast, Darren Hayes. He's expanded the pig pen to search out information on the history of all team sports. It's a quest to find out about the competitors, teams, and places chronicled throughout athletic history through the uniforms and gear the participants used and wore. And he is taking you, the listener, with him on this educational journey to preserve sports history on the Sports Jersey Dispatch, found here on the Sports History Network. His newest podcast, called Jersey Dispatch, is all based on the jerseys that all the greats used to wear. You can find Darren Hayes and the Pigskin Dispatch podcast 
as well as Jersey Dispatch on your favorite podcast provider multiple times each week. So remember that, Darren Hayes, the host of the Pigskin Dispatch and Jersey Dispatch podcasts. It's found right here on the Sports History Network.